Hello and welcome to Southside Church Podcast. For information about our church located in Cape Town, South Africa, go and check out our website, southsidechurch.co.za. We trust that the message would inspire you today. I always, always reinforce the fact that we don't go to church, we are the church. And we are the church by our very identity as those living within the kingdom of God. At the same time, we're given the promise of a flourishing life in the abundance of Jesus. And it's interesting because when we understand our design, we begin to understand the intention of how we position ourselves and how we plant ourselves. It's like when you have some of this weird technology your kids bring home and like you, you don't understand what it's for and how to use it. It's because you don't understand how it's designed. We understand we are designed as the church and we're called to lives in which we flourish. Now, with this in mind, think about a tree. We plant a tree in soil. And when we do, it grows because that's how God designed it. In the same way, you thrive and flourish when you are planted in the house of the Lord because that's how God designed you. And so we read in the Old Testament book of Psalm 92 verse 12, a very famous portion of scripture that says, the righteous will flourish like the date palm, long lived, upright and useful. They will grow like a cedar in Lebanon, majestic and stable, planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of our God, growing in grace. They will thrive and bear fruit and prosper in old age. Can I get an amen right there? Woo! Some of you are like, woo, I got new fire now. This gray hair just told me that I'm gonna prosper in old age. They will flourish and be vital and fresh, rich in trust and love and contentment. So we flourish when we are planted in God's house because that's how he designed us. You are the church. The problem is that so often we fail to prioritize being planted above all the other things that are happening in our personal lives. We can't allow church to become an accessory to our relationship with Jesus when it's a necessity for a flourishing life. The enemy will tempt us to uproot or to never really plant, but just kind of stay warming the seat on a Sunday. In our day and age, we very often may find ourselves dashing into one or two of the Sunday morning services a month and then getting some motivation from the preaching of the word and then exiting as soon as we can to get back to the rest of our busy lives but this is not what it means to be planted. When you're planted, rooted, you're intentionally positioned, consistent and committed, engaged in the community with your time, your talents and your treasure. And unfortunately, our often shallow interaction with the church community has been fueled by Postmodern culture characterized by a worldview that includes two things that I want to look at today a rebellion against any established order, and this idea of something called relativism. 
See, where kingdom culture says plant yourself, postmodern culture says perch. Don't do the whole like, oh, you know, he's becoming a bit too Christian now. You know, don't do that. Just perch. Where kingdom culture says being planted in church will make you flourish, postmodern culture calls you foolish. But with this in mind, let's not lose sight of Paul the Apostle's words in 1 Corinthians 2.14 when he says, the person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness. Oh, they're getting all Christian. Like, yeah, oh, the church is really sucking him in, hey? Goes on and says, but, but, but uh, those that... Um, come from the Spirit of God, but others consider them foolishness and cannot understand because uh, understand them because they are discerning only through the Spirit. The person with the Spirit makes judgments about all things, but such a person is not subject to merely human judgments. What leads to a flourishing life in Christ looks like foolishness to the world, and it is expressed clearly in two popular views. Rebellion against any established order and relativism. And these influences may be impacting us personally more than we think because they permeate every aspect of the world in which we live. So today, as we begin this, this journey on being rooted in order to rise up in the abundance and the flourishing promised by God, I want to look and explore the, these two views that are popular in culture of the day and, and, and how they threaten our flourishing because they define us as foolish for the idea of being rooted and planted in the house rather than just perching with no strings attached and enjoying the sermon on a Sunday. And so the first view I want to look at is rebellion against any authority, established order or ruling power. Cultures like that now, anything like that, people are like push back. No, what are you trying to do? Are you trying to make me like follow your orders? Just give me freedom. Why are you doing this? And this idea or thought in our popular culture has led to trends that many of us might see, like a generation that has a partner, it's two partners living together in complete intimacy and engagement, rejecting the vow of marriage covenant. It's classic now. I, young people all over, they together love each other, love Jesus, but I'm not doing the marriage thing. See, many young people don't want what they perceive as the institutional power of the church. Thine shall not, thine shall. They, 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 they don't, they perceive, they perceive things, they don't want what they perceive as the institutional power of the church Binding them and removing their options and stifling their freedom. Well, I love Jesus, but I don't do that institution stuff. It's just a power trip. The church is often viewed this way and it affects our perceptions too. We may want the inspiration of the word without what we perceive as the restriction of the rules that come with the institution. Perch, don't plant. Just come in, but do don't get into the whole thing and really get connected with the community and let it affect your personal life. As part of 
this cultural view, the word religion for many has actually become like a swear word. So, so I speak with people that I meet often, you know, and I, I, I don't wear the dog thing and the robe, so, you know, I don't freak people out initially. You know, I got tattoos and like I wear normal clothes like normal people, I guess, because I'm normal. And so often I'll speak with people that I meet in social settings and, and we will laugh and share our lives in conversation until they ask me what I do. Always. See, once they know that I'm leading a so-called religious organization, they, their demeanor often changes. They shut down and then they suddenly become all suspicious. Even their body language changes. Sometimes they even backtrack their original stories and try to justify parts of what they had said in fear of my judgment. They start stuttering and not knowing how to address me. Uh, Pastor, Reverend, Father. This is part of that postmodern culture and the way many perceive the church. And they rebel against the rule and institution. But the truth is that the church is not a religious organization implementing rules that have to be followed in order for a person to be righteous. The church is a movement of people in community, living in the freedom of their king's rule, passionately desiring to follow their savior. It's not like we come, oh, we have to because this is what they say God wants if you, Christian, the Bible says. We're like, I'm so in love with Jesus because he set me free. Jesus, show me where I must go. I want to follow you. You see, you see, it's, it's a group of people that are passionately desiring to follow their Savior. Therefore, they are seeking to abide by the guardrails he's empowered them with through his word, which is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. You see, contrary to the view of modern culture, the things we do as the church in aligning to what God has instituted is not about being obligated to obey religious rules. It's staying inside the guardrails that lead us to his good gifts. I don't pray because the Bible tells me I have to because I'm Christian. I pray because I'm pursuing the one I love for saving me. I don't read the Bible because I'm Christian and they say I have to and that's what God says. So now if you don't, you're bad. I read the word to have greater revelation of my father and often the greatest decisions I've made, even in leading the church, have been birthed out of the inspiration of the word of God. That's a light to my path and a lamp to my feet. Man, if anyone's telling me I'm bound by an institution and have to obey religious rules, you've totally got it wrong. Contrary to the view of modern culture, the things we do as the church in aligning to what God has instituted is not about being obligated to obey religious rules. It's staying inside the guardrails that lead us to his good gifts. 
And this is why Matthew chapter 6, 33 in the New Testament says, so above all, constantly seek God's kingdom and his righteousness. Then all these important things will be given to you abundantly. You want the flourishing life. You submit with joy and expectation to the guiding guardrails of God's word. And whether or not the postmodern world thinks you've fallen in the trap and now you feel bound out of a sense of shame and guilt to follow the rules in order to be right enough for God. That is not correct. Matthew 6, 33. Above all else, constantly seek God's kingdom and his righteousness. Then all these less important things will be given to you abundantly. In other words, freely follow the guardrails of God's word and embrace the gifts he desires to give you, provision, peace, purpose, and a life in which you flourish. Now, earlier we acknowledged that we can often fail to prioritize being planted above other things happening in our personal lives. But based on Matthew chapter 6.33, if you prioritize being planted in the church above the other things demanding your attention in your personal life, those will become the very things in which you begin to see God's provision, finding peace as you flourish. When we get the order right, we embrace what the God of order wants us to gain. But this is what popular culture rebels against, established order. Being planted in the church is a guardrail God gives us from his word, guiding us toward a flourishing life. But our culture has confused the guardrails by which God directs us to abundant life with the leveraging of power for controlling others through religious rules. Author, Christian author, and contemplative, follower of Jesus, Henry Nowen wrote, the church is not an institution forcing us to follow rules, but a community inviting us to still our hunger and thirst at its table. Will you come home this year and take your seat at the table if you've just been perched, it's time to be planted. If the enemy has tempted you to uproot, remain steadfast. Well, those that are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish. The second popular belief system in our postmodern world that negatively is affecting our relationship with God's church is this weird word, relativism. And it's the belief that there are no absolute truths and that what is morally right or wrong varies from person to person or society to society. In other words, you have your truth and I have mine. It's all relative. <laughs> now I'm feeling a little bit of gangster come out because I'm like, what? What, what? relativism? What, what are you saying here? Uh, so, so I'm sitting and I'm processing this and I'm saying, Holy Spirit, just 
just move and lead and guide me through your word and promptings and my thoughts. And, and I thought this, uh, if we claim life is relative, we are already contradicting ourselves because we are declaring it an absolute when we say there are none. I believe in relativism. Well, that's all relative, isn't it? So, so if everything is relative and nothing is absolute, then what's evil and deadly and potentially destructive to life for one person may be considered a blessing to another. What I say is right, but then you can say it's wrong and you're right because it's all relative. You see, relativism makes a virtue of tolerance, which is dangerous. As pastor and author John Bevere described, our culture has wrongly equated loving everyone with approving everything. Let's not forget <laughs> the zero tolerance of Jesus' conviction when he flipped the tables in the temple from Matthew chapter 12 to 21 verse 12. Jesus entered the temple courts and drove out all who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of money changers and the benches of those selling doves. It is written, he said, my house will be called the house of prayer, but you're making it a den of robbers. When it came to the house of God, Jesus upheld his conviction without tolerating abuse of the temple of God. Well, you can't do that, Jesus, because it's all relative. We cannot water down our convictions under the influence of popular culture. Otherwise, Jesus may be savior of the world for me, but just a prophet to you. God may be a foolish figment of my imagination, but the risen say, God may be a foolish figment of my imagination for you, but the risen Savior for me. You see, at the end of it all, no matter what I choose to believe, I will be faced with the absolute of Philippians 2 verse 10 that tells me the authority of the name of Jesus causes every knee to bow in reverence. Everything and everyone will one day submit to this name in the heavenly realms, in the earthly realm, and in the demonic realm. And every tongue will proclaim in every language, Jesus Christ is Lord Yahweh, bringing glory and honor to God his Father. This is the absolute. As absolute as the promise that when we are planted in the house of the Lord, we will flourish. The prophetic sense of God's whisper for 2022 has been inspired by God's word for us in Isaiah chapter 6 verse 13. And we shared this two weeks ago. It says, but as the terebinth or oak tree leaves a stump when it is cut down, so Israel's stump, God's people, Israel's stump will be a holy seed. And from the scripture's inspiration, we believe God is going to birth new beginnings out of the holy seed and the stumps that tell a story of suffering and loss from our last season. We feel like this year, he's gonna actually wait. 
begin to bring life out of what was broken and lost. The mourning of loved ones, of jobs, the uncertainty of so much of what's been going on for two years. And since God is saying, I'm about to redeem you, my children. I'm about to give birth to new life from the sprouts of a holy seed on the stump of the devastation and death in the last season. Do not give up. Do not lose sight. When I consider that, I ask the question in the context of what I've shared today. The new life and flourishing out of the holy seed and the stumps that tell your story may involve planting yourself in the house of the Lord. Going, God, I want to take hold of that prophetic word. I want to believe that you will sprout the holy seeds of new life out of the stumps that reflect my suffering in the last season. And he's saying to you, my child, when you ask for a harvest, I ask for a seed. And maybe your very preparation for the promise this year is to get planted in the house of God. So you can, in being rooted, rise up.